Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to Synchronicity Web TV. I am your host, Nadia Shaw, and this is your moment of synchronicity. Well, I'm so excited to celebrate with you today, my friend, Taylor Schuler. Now, I actually met Taylor in person back at the ESAR conference in August, but I'll tell you, I heard of this person. I had an instinct and intuition about her. I was like, oh boy, this person is like right on the precipice. She's about to become this huge star in Australia. Astrology. And I love that I'm right there. Like I'm right there when she's about to just really hit big. And I think you're about to see why. Taylor is an award-winning astrologer and she has a podcast as well. Let me find the title of that podcast. And the podcast is called On Thriving Astrology and More with Taylor Schuler. She's got a YouTube channel as well. All of those links will be below. Now, Taylor is coming to Synchronicity University as part of the January 2023 speaker series. And for a very limited time, there's less than two weeks left to choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class. And you're about to see that is a very unheard of rate to see and to hear and to learn from someone like Taylor Schuler. And yes, Taylor, she's going to be talking about Saturn and Pisces. And she's going to talk about the today as well. Taylor, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today and to be talking about Saturn and Pisces uh, in January. Yeah, I think it's going to be such an exceptional transit. So why don't we just jump in and start talking about Saturn and Pisces? Because I know you are such pro. Like, this is what I love about you. I, I got this feeling as soon as I met you. I was like, oh, my God, this girl is ready. Like, she knows what she's doing. She's prepared. Like, just... You know, when you're spiritually prepared, when you're energetically prepared to to go for more and for more people to know what it is that you do, like, I don't know, I just feel like you have so much to give and so many people are going to benefit from that. And so I love that we will get to see some of that here today, not to put any pressure on you or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, just, you know, it's all good. But, you know, I'm okay. so glad that you said that. And thank you. And I received that fully. It's really an honor and so humbling to hear from you who has been from afar, one of my many, many teachers um, through either Synchronicity University and all of the free resources that you have on your channel and elsewhere and through Astrology Hub and just through the conferences throughout the year, seeing your lectures has really informed my astrology too. So, so much gratitude for you for being a part of my journey. Um, Thank you. We love each yeah. other. There we go. Know, <laughs> we obvious to everybody. Yeah. Okay. So, I yeah, want to talk about yeah, Saturn and Pisces. Let's start there. Let's just jump into the juicy bits. Um, what are some things that you are most looking forward to where it comes to Saturn and Pisces? Okay, so what I'm most looking forward to with Saturn and Pisces is sort of my jam, which is changing the world. <laughs> so um, again, no pressure, but I do believe that this uh, transit of Saturn through Pisces is part of the beginning of really earth-changing, life-changing things that are going to happen. And this this transit might start off feeling kind of subtle, kind of quiet, but at the same time, there's going to be times when it's really loud as well. And so my talk is entitled, um, it's about making your daydreams become a reality because Pisces is about our dreams, right? And Saturn is reality. And so part of the reason for the title of the talk um, is that Ernst Bloch said that a dream He's talking about utopia. And so he says, you know, to get to utopia, you can have a dream and dreams don't come true. Daydreams, however, are grounded in reality and they do come true. 
So we have this grounding force of the planet Saturn coming into the dreamy sign of Pisces. And so what do you get when you put two and two together? You can make your daydreams become a reality. So that's the thing that I'm most excited about with Saturn and Pisces. Um, I'll also say this is part of a much bigger picture, like I said before. So we'll start with where Saturn is today, right? Saturn's in Aquarius. And what I've noticed when planets are transiting through the sign of Aquarius, Aquarius is eccentric for a reason, right? Because it's out of time. There's this thing where like Aquarius is very futuristic, but it's also anachronistic. Anachronistic simply means out of time. And so if you were to show up in the year 1400 with your clothes and your iPhone, wouldn't they think you're kind of eccentric, right? Uh, they think you're a little weird, a little strange, you don't quite fit in, and that's where we get Aquarius from. But we also, especially with Neptune and Pisces, get this out-of-time quality where the planet begins previewing for us the things that we can expect to see from it once it enters the sign of Pisces and meets up with Neptune. Now, Saturn and Neptune are going to conjoin in the year 2025 in the sign of Aries. Actually, it's zero degrees of Aries. So the very first degree of the very first sign, it's going to be big. This hasn't happened since I believe the 1700s, maybe 1780s. And this is going to happen again in our lifetime. And when this happened last time, it was big changes. And so we're going to see Saturn and Neptune co-present in the sign of Pisces for the next two and a half years. And as soon as that is done, uh, Saturn will actually uh, kind of actually meet up with Neptune at zero Aries. And that's when we're going to see some really big changes. Um, so that's that's the big picture. Should I bring us back down a little sure, bit? Sure, go for it. All right. So what we can expect from Saturn, like I said, it's this planet that um, it's all about uh, grounding, hard work, long-term. Uh, it's Kronos. It is the timekeeper. Saturn returns to the same spot in the sky every 27 years, right? So this happened last in the early to mid 90s. And so folks who are ages 27 to 30, they're gonna be having their Saturn return, which is a pretty, pretty big part of our lives. It's, you know, what happens at age 27 to 30? You get married or you get divorced, you might have some kids, you might kind of get a promotion at work or figure out what your calling is and really say, you know, I'm an adult now. I can I can do this and I know who I am. I have a real sense of identity. Or we get to a point where it's kind of, it's difficult and we're faced with a challenge to say, you know what, I've got to get rid of this and this is who I really am. I have to stand in my integrity. So there's that on the personal level, but we go through that as a society as well. We go through these different um, stages. So that's that's the archetype of Saturn. And then in Pisces, like I said, Pisces dreaming. Um, but one other thing I wanted to mention, Nadia, I think it's so interesting that we're having this conversation at this time, because I've been reminded of the holiday, the Roman holiday of Saturnalia that used to happen around this time that we're having this conversation. And uh, Saturnalia was a Roman holiday where they turned everything upside down. And that's kind of turned into Christmas now, um, or all of the winter holidays, really. Um, and so Saturnalia used to happen on December 25th, according to the Roman calendar. Now that date, because we've, uh, the Julian calendar, now that we have our modern calendar, that's about December 17th, and we're talking on the 14th of December. So we'd be preparing to have um, a pretty cool feast. We'd be, um, you know, eating, and maybe if you partake in drinking, you'd be doing that and having a good time. But also the peasants sat with 
the and shared food with their their masters or the slaves sat with their masters. It was all about inverting things, right? I also found it really interesting because they wore clothing. They wore their fancy clothing during this holiday. And that fancy clothing was called synthesis. And today, when we think of the word synthesis, we think of Pisces, right? We think of, you know, Aries is the alpha, Pisces is the omega. It's the synthesis of the totality of our experiences. That's really what Pisces is. And Pisces is also about compassion. And so we're celebrating now, regardless of what holiday you celebrate, some compassionate spiritual leader, right? That's what this this holiday season is about. So that Saturnalia has kind of turned into this time of celebrating our compassionate spiritual leaders. And Pisces is about spirituality and deep compassion. The other thing I learned recently, um, actually, from an email I got from Alan Adam Ellenboss was about pine needles and grief. And so many people this time of year are coming up, you know, that you decorate with a pine tree or garland or something like that, and how pine needles are connected to the lungs. And when we are connected to our lungs, it's connected to grief. Well, Pisces is also connected to the lungs. And so I think that we're, we're already taking that sort of out of time, Saturn and Aquarius previewing for us what we can expect once Saturn gets into Pisces. So that's why I'm explaining where we are today, because it really connects to where we're going to be. I think these are some of the clues. And as I've been sitting with this, you know, you can really invoke the planets. And so I've been sitting with Saturn and Pisces. I've been sitting with Neptune and Pisces for some time. And this is what's been coming in. It's, it's acknowledging that we are at the end, the, at the beginning of the end of this cycle that we've been in with the pandemic and things like that. Saturn was in Capricorn, it moved through uh, Aquarius, and now we're moving on to Saturn moving into the sign of Pisces. There's so much else going on with the outer planets, um, but this is one of those markers of the beginning of the end. So right now we're in in the beginning of the end, and once Saturn moves into Pisces, we'll be more at the beginning of the beginning of the next stage. Um, And when I look at the chart for Saturn entering Pisces, it's really interesting. It connects back to this as well. We see Jupiter, the planet of expansion, meeting up with the asteroid Chiron, the wounded healer, right? And so again, there's this acknowledgement of our pain because we need to do that. We can't just say, you know, I, you know, I, I started by saying, I'm really excited. We're going to change the world. But again, Saturn's a reality check, and there is definitely a reality check that needs to be had uh, before we move forward. And so Saturn allows us to create containers. And I think that one of the things that we're going to do is acknowledge our grief, acknowledge the pain that we've had, have compassion for one another. And through that acknowledgement of our grief and um, and our need to be connected to other people, which is a very Pisces archetype we can take those challenges and that will lead us to the breakthrough that we will see more towards the end of this transit when Saturn finally meets up with Neptune and Aries. It's kind of like, so Pisces is a water sign. Pisces is also about music and art. And so what I get when I sit with this energy is an immense silence and at the same time, 
the roaring sound of the ocean and the waves. It's standing in this dichotomy, in this um, totality of our experience again, that synthesis. You know, we've we've gone through the whole life cycle from Aries through all of the signs. We're coming back to Pisces and we're ending something, uh, but we end in order to begin again. The other thing that I saw in this um, in the ingress chart, we call it for Saturn entering Pisces, is Venus beauty relationships meeting up with the asteroid Eris who took the golden apple and threw it into the wedding to start the Trojan war. She started some stuff. And so again, there is that, you know, Jupiter Chiron acknowledging our need for healing. We're ready to heal. We're ready to, you know, bring it to the forefront, make it big. And then Venus Eris is that breakthrough. It's that, Hey, I got something to say and I'm ready to say it and I'm ready to start something. Right, but I'm ready to do it in a Venusian way, in relationship with other people. Um, Andre Barbeau, um, you know, one of our our teachers, one of our wonderful astrologers um, on the other side of the veil at this time, talked about the Saturn Neptune conjunction being the combination of opposites and leading to a glorious revolution, really. Um, leading to one of the most beautiful times of our lives. And I'm sorry that he doesn't get to experience it here, like in the tangible form, but I know he's over there um, ready for it. And that's why this is so exciting. Like I said, again, the, the beginning of the end, um, and then we're going to begin again. And it is so now, exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I there's so much you said that just blew my mind. So I like as you were talking, I was like, yep, she's ready. Yep. See, she's a pro. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's saying. So I love that. First of all, when you talked about um, uh, how it would feel if you went back in time and with your jeans and your um, iPhone, you know, how would people in the past react to that? And I thought about actually, um, the doc from Back to the Future, right? I, that movie just flashed before my eyes. Like, yeah, that's kind of what it is that like he, this very Aquarian figure in all kinds of ways goes back in time and how that kind of blends so many different archetypes, like it, the Aquarian archetype, but also the Saturnian archetype in terms of how people are responding to him, how much they're accepting, how much they're resisting, but then also that space to do your own thing as part of Aquarian energy. I loved also that you mentioned um, Saturnalia because that celebration was one of abundance, right? It was one of like really letting loose, being merry, if you will. But we often forget that that time of year is also about compassion, which you mentioned, and how if Saturn represents what's real and reality and embodiment, then Saturn in Pisces, as you suggested, and as you spoke of, it's about how we're really living that or not, and getting really honest about that as well. I was thinking as you were talking about this divine meeting coming up of Neptune and, uh, and Saturn at zero degrees of Aries. So this is going to be huge, right? Like just a massive thing. The last time these two planets met, as you mentioned, was in the early 90s um, or in the 90s. And that was in Capricorn. And that just changed the whole conversation around 
our relationship to the environment and our understanding of our place within the real lived experience. And it also made like this whole idea of being a business person, an entrepreneur, it, it glamorized it so much, but it also made it real for more people than ever before. And it's interesting that that zero degree meeting is going to happen after all that Piscean energy, after Neptune has hung out at 29 degrees Pisces for extended periods of time, like in 2024, Neptune gets to 29 of Pisces and just stays there for like five months, which is insane, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to say it that way. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we'll come back to that. But I also wanted to mention, as you were talking, I was thinking about how these two planets haven't met in Aries since uh, since the 1700s, the late 1700s. That was the last time Pluto was in Aquarius as well. And so these energies coming together so powerfully, I mean, I think a massive shift is underway, but how is it that this time prepares us for that shift is quite remarkable. So can you talk more about how you think Saturn and Pisces is preparing us for this big shift of Saturn conjunct Neptune at zero uh, Aquarius. And have you thought about like how Pluto and Aquarius might be filling in or, or, or being a part of that? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great question. So Saturn makes us do the hard work. It does, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Um, Saturn makes us do hard work. It makes us put in the time and it, it's sobering as well. Saturn is a sobering planet. I think that it's really important for us to acknowledge the ways in which we need to rest before we can begin again so that we have the energy that we need. You know, that quiet that I was talking about, another way to think about it, not just the ocean or music. I was also thinking about this time when uh, it was 4th of July, uh, you know, here in the States, and I was at uh, my ex's house on uh, on the shore, and they had a dock that went out into the water. And so we went and we stood on that dock, and it was so dark, and it was so quiet. And then the fireworks began. And that is the feeling that I get, the water, the silence, the darkness, before that Aries meet up with Neptune is the fireworks that we're going to get. And so incredible metaphor. I just need to tell you that that is an amazing metaphor. Okay. And you own that. I will quote you on that. I tell you, okay. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah. I, 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 that like came to me. I was like, you know, when you sit with the energies, things start to happen and things come to you. And so um, another thing uh, that has been coming up. So I have a background in human resources and in business management. And one of the things that's always top of mind that I'm very, very, very passionate about is work. Like I said, Saturn is hard work, but it's also just literally the work that you do, that we do in this world today, in the society that we live in. And so many people are saying, I can't do this, or I need help, or why do I work 40 or more hours a week? And I think Saturn and Pisces is going to be an opportunity for us to rest and reconsider what that looks like. And so Pisces is this place of, it's quiet. It's dreamy. It's sleep. It is literally needing to rest. It's leaning into our spirituality. It's developing containers for our spirituality. It is developing a spiritual practice. It is all the things that we need in order to have the firm foundation to know who we are and what we want and give us the 
energy and the vitality to be able to go out and do it. So I think that's basically how Saturn is going to prepare us. One other thing I'll say though, um, and this kind of combines with the Pluto in a way, is that I have a friend who um, who told me that I like to go to get milk at the hardware store. So um, I don't know if anyone's heard of this before. I personally hadn't heard this expression when she said it to me. I was like, what do you mean? So um, if it's okay, I'll tell you the little story, which was, you know, I wasn't feeling well. I went to urgent care and um, they said I needed surgery. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and I was like, I came for some remedies, you know, like, can I take some herbs? Can I change my diet? Can I exercise more? You know, what can I do? And she was like, Taylor, that's ridiculous. You're trying to get milk at the hardware store. And I think that Saturn is the reality that we live in. And Neptune is, and I think it's Rick Levine who says this, Saturn, uh, Neptune is real reality, right? So we live in this Saturnian reality of what we think it is because someone told us. But Neptune is the real possibility. And that's where we get this daydream and the possibility of, of building our daydream. So if I want to get milk at the hardware store because I'm mixing it in cement because it's going to look good, I should be able to get milk at the hardware store. If I'm going to urgent care and I want some herbal remedies, I should be able to go to the the hard, you know, go to the urgent care and get the herbal remedies. What is it the dream that you want? What is the thing that you do unconsciously, Pisces, that should be real, but for whatever reason doesn't exist in our Saturnian society? And so that's the other thing it's going to prepare us to do. And then Pluto moving into Aquarius is like these breakthroughs that bring us to the future, that empower us, that bring us together collectively again. You know, there's an Aquarian way of bringing people together. It's our communities and acknowledging our communities, empowering communities, aligning with our tribe. And then there's the Pisces that breaks down all of the boundaries and barriers and reminds us that, again, as my friend Karen says, there's only one of us here. You know, we share one collective soul, we share one collective life, and not only humans, but we are one life with the earth and everything around us living or inanimate, you know, to our understanding. Oh, and so understanding that connection with greater depth, but also with Saturn, with greater responsibility, I hope that that's part of um, what could show up for more of us at this time. That's so true. And that's such a good point. I just got chills when you said that. Yeah, Saturn is absolutely responsibility. And so what is our responsibility to one another um, and to ourselves and to our wellness, our well-being, and to our future, right? To seven generations ahead of us. How are we protecting the planet? How are we protecting the children and the future and ensuring the longevity? Because both Saturn uh, and Neptune and Pluto are outer planets. They take very, very long time, like you said, Nadia. You know, the last time that um, we had this alignment was in the 1700s. That's a long time. <laughs> We're not going to see the next meeting unless unless there's some, uh, which is one thing I think might happen with uh, Pluto in Aquarius. We find people who are much older than we thought that they were. Um, people who are living much longer lives. And an example of this is I saw a story in the news the other day. There were twins born who were embryos in 1992. So they are, in some sense, 30 years old, even though they're three months old. And so that brings us this life that's much longer, a longer life expectancy. Yeah. I remember a couple of things come to mind. There's this um, scientific fact that, you know, for women and our 
our ovaries, the, the eggs that we carry, the, the foundation of those very eggs was actually in the fetus of our mom. So it made up part of the fetus of our mom to have those little tiny ovaries, that which would become our ovaries were already there in her. And of course, our mom was within our grandmother. And so in some way, we have already been inside and had that deep connection to in the womb of our grandmothers, not only our mothers, or, or I should say biological parents as well. So I think that is so uh, intriguing to consider in light of what you just shared as well, in terms of how old are we really? How far back do we go really? But also like, how far forward do we go as well? There's a, a show, and when I talk about Pluto and Aquarius, because I've done a few talks on it over the last couple of years, because I've been like fascinated by this transit, right? I've been like looking forward to it for at least a couple of decades. Like Pluto's going to go in Aquarius, yes. <laughs> like everything is going to change. And of course, I hope it changes for the better. Of course, as astrologers, and my hope is the more I practice astrology, the more I'm able to understand the symbols with greater and greater depth. So yeah, my understanding of that symbol as well has taken on more nuances, but I'm still looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a huge shift. There's this show on uh, on HBO and it, it or it was it was like a short mini series and it was called years and years so this is an example i use in a in whenever i teach on pluto and aquarius and in the first episode of this mini series we have this uh young girl go she must be about 14 years old and she goes to her parents and she says mom dad this is really difficult for me to talk about but i think i'm trans and so her parents come over to her and they hug her and they say you know what whatever, whether you want to be a boy or a girl, you know, we love you, we accept you, whatever you want. And she gets this confused look on her face. And she goes, No, I'm not transgender. I think I'm transhuman. And so she talks about how there's this technology where you can upload your consciousness to the cloud. And there you can live forever, like who you are, your own consciousness gets to continue to thrive in this other other world called the cloud itself. And there, there is truly a type of immortality, I guess, as long as there's something to power the cloud, as long as someone's paying for the space, um, you get to exist forever. And that makes her parents freak out and slam doors and get very angry with her. So I thought that that was really cute. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something along those lines. I mean, a lot of if art they say art imitates life, but in many ways, art can inspire life. And we've seen this again and again, how different technologies or, or different social movements, they start in artistic movements or expressions. And so we see this, I remember Black Mirror had has episodes yeah. around this as well. Yeah. yeah. And so you wonder what it means to live forever. As you mentioned, this idea of living forever, um, how that's connected not only to Pluto and Aquarius, where we separate consciousness from body, but then that idea of really living forever, being in that sort of eternal cloud space. There's also something very Piscean about it as well, isn't there? I just thought of that while you were talking. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that has been in the news. And so again, we're going to see this out of time. And I, I know I began this thought earlier about the out of time quality. But what I see, it's not only the Aquarian thing that, that makes things jump, it's Neptune that makes things jump. And it jumps from the sign that Neptune, 
the sign before the sign Neptune currently is in, which is Aquarius, throughout the sign, uh, throughout the transit of, throughout the transit of the sign that Neptune is currently in, so that's Pisces, then Saturn and uh, Aries are going to, Saturn and Neptune are going to meet up in Aries, travel through there, and it will last until, I think, Saturn exits Taurus. So I think that what we're seeing now is actually, it's not just, hey, this is a preview of what Saturn and like Pisces is going to be like. I think it's actually a preview from the time Saturn was in Aquarius through Pisces, through um, Aries, and through Taurus. Now, by the time Saturn gets to Taurus, uh, Uranus will be moving into Gemini. And that is a classic signature of sort of like a revolution, like the Roaring Twenties or like um, a time when when art is coming out again, like a renaissance rather is, is what that's a signature of. And so Pisces being art, putting your Saturn hard work into your Pisces art. And then when finally we get into that Gemini, um, again, that's that longevity, right? So whether we're talking about like the little thing in your brain that uploads you to the cloud or like some other type of longevity, I think we're seeing the foreshadowing now and we're going to um, be tying this time together. It's very fluid and moving, but it is a time of renaissance and it's a time of of breakthroughs and science and art and um, jubilees uh, and things like that. So it's so exciting. Well, once again, you guys, Taylor is going to be coming to Synchronicity University. Now, of course, I know that you already saw it. There's so much that she knows and so much to teach. You really will be in the presence of a master, uh, the superstar that I'm so excited to introduce even more people to. But yes, for a very limited time, you can choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class. Taylor at the January 2023 speaker series and all those links are below. You can find her at the links below as well. Taylor, I adore you. I'm so excited for your talk because I know you're going to talk even more about the stuff we just started really scratching the surface of, but you're also going to go through an understanding of what people can expect based on their uh, rising sign and houses and things like that. So I think there's a lot more that you have to say on this. I have no doubt about that. And I'm just so, so happy that you're bringing your skills to Synchronicity University. Thank you for that. Thank you so much, Nadia. The feeling is mutual. I adore you. And I've been so happy to be here. So thank you so much. Thank you again, Taylor. And thank you, everybody, for watching. Until we connect again, take care. Bye. <music>